Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love in this episode of Helpline today with Mother Craft Nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with everything to do with small children, whether that's sleep, which is one of the most common questions we get, or feeding or behaviour. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Nice to see your smiling face. And uh, if you're joining us live and you can also see Chris's smiling face, you can ask your questions a few ways. You can just pop them beneath the video. Um, If you'd rather keep it private, you can um, direct message us and we'll answer the question that way. Or if you're listening to us by the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Chris will get stuck into it straight off, I think. If you leave us to chat, we'll be here for hours. (laughs) Uh, This one comes from Pei, who has written to us on Facebook. She says, can you please help? I have a 10-month-old baby who was sleep trained since four and a half months old and was an amazing sleeper after that. Three hours of day nap and 11 hours of night sleep. However... As she has started to learn to push up, stand and try to walk, her naps have become a disaster and she's not napping more than 30 minutes for each of her naps, only about an hour in total through the day. As a result, we we keep ending up with super early bedtime at 5pm and earlier and earlier wakings in the morning at 5am-ish. The past few days have been the worst and her night sleep quality has deteriorated with wakings every two to three hours. I know she's overtired, but I can't figure out the correct wake times for her. I'm trying to aim for three to three and a half hours of awake time between naps, but if she only naps for half an hour, this is a big struggle. Can you please help me? I'm so desperate. Well, we'd love to help you out. Now, this problem isn't uncommon. So often when kids, uh, babies learn to pull stand, and sort of move up and down their cot rail, they like to practice it a lot. And it almost feels like they've lost their ability to settle and self-settle. So not an uncommon problem. And I think your um, awake cycles are right for her age. So staying awake for about three to three and a half hours and about three hours sleep in the day. And you've got that classic problem that If she doesn't resettle or we don't give her the chance to resettle in the day, then we end up with that early early bedtime, which will create an early wake-up. And then it just seems to unravel from that point. So we have to go back to the basics, using your basics that maybe you learnt with your your self-settling that you were doing. We've got to apply those now. And the big trick is we need to allow her enough time that she can calm herself down to slide down the rails, sit on the bed and then put her back to sleep. And so it's not uncommon that we have to reteach her this. So I'd probably let her go for three, four, five minutes, depending on how the crying's going and how worked up she gets. And then I'm either watching on the monitor, if you have one, to see if she's starting to sit and put herself back down. But if not, at about five minutes, I'd go in, I'd lay her down, I'd give her a pat till she calms down, and then I'd walk out. Now, what will happen, as soon as you move, she'll pop back up again, and then I'm going to leave her a little bit longer to try and see if she can get herself down. And over a few days, you'll start to notice that she'll start to extend her sleep. So hopefully this might help you. So use those windows that you wanted to sleep in to try and help her to get back to sleep and do some more self-settling. And I think this whole problem will sort itself out. 
this question comes from Cassandra on our Facebook Live. She says, my son doesn't sleep. He's 11 months old and wakes anywhere from two to six times a night. He sleeps in his cot and is warm enough. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. Okay, so we probably need a little bit more information, Cassandra, if you can help us out with how much sleep he's getting in the day. So this one will depend on the message he's getting. So we could use something similar to what we just suggested for the previous question in terms of giving him a bit of time going in and patching him. The good thing about 11-month-olds, they don't need feeds overnight. So there must be something else going on. And I usually look at the day pattern then. Is he getting enough sleep in the day? Is he getting enough, you know, like three milk feeds, three meals, maybe one little snack um, and two sleeps? And then once that's in place, we then look at how he's going to sleep. So how are you putting him to sleep? So is is he still needing help to go to sleep? Because that could be why when he wakes up overnight, those wake-ups are becoming more frequent and you're going to have to help him a little bit more to get him down to sleep. So once you've answered those questions, you know, you've got enough sleep in the day in the right pattern, then it's a matter of self-settling for an 11-month-old. So again, leaving him for a few minutes, three to five minutes, go in, put him down, little pat, once he's calm, walking out, leaving a little bit longer until he learns those self-settling ways. And, and if your partner's at home, maybe get them to do up till midnight and then you do from midnight down. So you can share the load and it's not all on one person. Um, and that really helps because often a baby will react to a partner much different than they would to the main person who's looking after them. Good luck, Cassandra. And feel free to add in, if, that, if you don't think that applies to you, that information, just jump back on yeah. your comment, give us some more info, we'll come back to you. This is a question from Happy in our Facebook inbox. She says, my three-year-old boy has been nappy-free for wees since he was two and a half years old. However, when he needs to do a poo, he asks me to put a nappy on. He will only poo in the nappy. He won't sit on the toilet or potty when he knows he needs to do a poo. If we're out, he holds on until we get home and then does it in a nappy. He only poops at home. Even when we went away for two days, he refused to poo and asked for a nappy as soon as we arrived home. I have tried everything and I'm not sure what to do next. Please help. So it's not unusual that a boy, uh, um, especially a boy, but between the ages of two and a half and three, that children often feel more secure doing that, you know, pooping, pooping in a nappy because it feels secure around them. So I think the first thing is that it is normal that he asks for a nappy. Okay, so that's one thing. So don't get too worked up about it. In time, it will fix itself. The second thing that might help him is regularly sitting him on the toilet to try to do a poo. So if there's a familiar pattern of the timing that he would normally do it uh, in the nappy or ask for the nappy, then maybe we convert that to the toilet. And sometimes using a potty in this particular instance would help because his knees would be a little bit higher than his hips and that really helps you um, to, to do a poo. And that might make him more comfortable than trying to do it on the toilet. So not an unusual behaviour. This is going to be about time and patience. And sometimes we have to, as parents, step back and realise that taking a break is okay. So you might want to take a break, not put any pressure on anybody for a month, and then revisit it in a month in a new approach. 
So you might have the potty out, you might do it at a similar time, and then we can start talking about decreasing the nappies and he'll need to do it on the toilet. And that's going to help. So give him a little bit more maturity and that might help out. Okay, this comes from Justine on Facebook Live. Another toilet training question. Okay. My daughter turns three next month. I've tried all year to toilet train her and she does not do it. I have tried everything, pull-ups, potty, reward chart, etc. Everyone is telling me, don't worry, she will do it when she's ready. Is this true? Is there, are there any tips? Is there something I'm doing wrong? Okay, so again, um, on this one, maybe we've been chopping and changing too much and it's too much pressure for everyone. So the first thing I'd do is I'd actually say to her, okay, no more toilet training and just put pull-ups on her during the day and a nappy at night. Take a one-month break. The weather's going to warm up, so we're going to take a whole new approach to it. And we're going to do the steps one step at a time and we're not going to use any bribery and corruption because maybe she's not ready. Maybe maturely she's not ready. So bribery and corruption doesn't work. They smart you out in the end and they'll just ask for more <laughs> or when you stop, they stop. So let's teach her about toilet training. So in a month's time, we might start with just putting her on the toilet while the bath water's running because that helps them connect the act of doing a wee on the toilet with um, the shower, the running water helps them. So we're just going to do that for about, say, two weeks. Then the next two weeks I'd increase, because she's over three, I'd increase the number of times we take her to the toilet. So she's wearing a pull-up. So you can do things like, we're going to the park, let's try for a wee before we go to the park. No bribery, no corruption, a couple of minutes, maybe a book that she could read, very short book. Um, that you could read together while she's sitting. And we're going to try that about three to five times. Once we start getting some wheeze, then we're going to take the nappy off and put a little girl underwear on. And we're going to stay pretty close to home, so no pressure on her. And then we're going to say, ask mummy when you need to, or tell mummy when you need to go to the toilet, or tell your partner when she needs to go to the toilet. And we're going to help her go to the toilet. So maybe she just needs a bit more time and less chaos around it. And you might find she'll start doing it. So hopefully she's off to daycare or preschool and she's also, you know, modelling what the other kids are doing and the whole thing will come together for you. And she will do it when she's ready, won't she? Chris? She will. She will. A little bit uh, of often I think it's they're, they're just too pressurised to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So they usually get it very easily once, once the head turns on. Yeah. This question comes from Sarah on our email. She says, I have a six-month-old baby girl going through some sleep struggles at the moment and I'm after some reassurance and guidance, please. I've been following awake times relevant to Layla. That's a little girl. Yeah. Layla's age since birth and this has generally worked well. After a lot of hard work and persistence, I have managed to get her sleeping, had managed to get her sleeping in her cot for day sleeps and resettling between wake-ups. In the last two weeks, Layla's day sleeps have taken a turn for the worse. The moment I begin the routine to put her down in her cot, she starts to cry and cling to me. And by the time I've walked out of the room, this ex escalates to crying and not just a little bit. Full tears and can't breathe crying. No. No matter how many times I go in to resettle with a cuddle, pat and dummy, she cries every time I even look like leaving and grabs onto my hand. Sometimes it's like this from the start of the nap time and others she will sleep for 10 minutes and then wake and this goes on. 
She previously could just be put down and left with a dummy and white noise until she fell asleep. Other things going on at this time, she's recently got her two bottom teeth. She was grisly throughout getting those teeth, but nothing like the current behaviour. She could possibly be getting the top two now. We've also moved her into her own room a week ago, but this behaviour had already started prior to the move, although it has worsened. Night sleeps are still quite good, although she's a little more unsettled, fussing and crying out more frequently, although I am still only feeding her at the usual time, being just once at 3am. She wakes for the day between 5.30 and 6.30am and I follow awake times of around two and a half hours until bed around 7. Until the recent behaviour, she was having two one and a half to two hour sleeps with a 30 minute power nap at the end of the day. She's breastfed and we started solids at four months. For four months. Please tell me if I'm missing something or doing something wrong. Is this just a phase? And if so, do I just write it out and continue going in and out like a yo-yo resettling until she falls asleep? or I lose my mind, whatever comes first. Do, do I go back to doing things like taking her for walks in the pram to get her to sleep? I don't want her to associate her new room with having a bad time, but also feel at a loss of what to do. Okay, so I don't think it's got anything to do with moving rooms, and I don't think the room has anything to do with her behaviour unless you're putting her into a dark room. So we see this more and more now where parents are taking a, a, quite a young baby into a very dark room. So let's do a little bit of checklist. She's probably very overtired now because the sleep has deteriorated. I probably wouldn't keep her awake for two and a half hours. So if, she, if you kept her awake for two and a half hours and she slept for an hour and a half to two hours, fantastic. But she's not and she's overtired. So let's try putting her to sleep earlier so she's calmer and she's less overtired and slowing the rhythm down to get her into bed. So for instance, she's woken up, she's had a milk feed, then she's had a breakfast. We're gonna wait about two hours, then take her into the room that is light, change a nappy, give her, um, put her in a sleep bag, she's probably in some sort of sleeping, sleeping bag, give her a cuddle, sit on a chair, just get her calm, sit with her. Then take her over to the cot, put her into the cot, she might even need um, you know, an appropriate snuggle toy, something quite thin, something she can hang on, hang on to, and then go and shut the curtains, turn your white noise on and leave. So let's slow down that transition between going to the room and going to her bed, but putting her to bed a little bit earlier will allow her to cope with some settling because she won't be overtired. Okay, so that's the first thing to think about. And then the second thing is, if you manage to get her off to sleep, so gentle, you've left the room, couple of minutes of crying, back in, hands on, pat, 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 till she calms down. If she gets too worked up, a little cuddle, calm her down, put her down. Now, you might need to repeat that a few times to build her confidence up. But once you've left the room, if she then starts crying, you know, 10 minutes later, leave her for a few minutes and repeat the sequence. So why don't we slow everything down for her? And I think this is coming from a place of now being very overtired and, and sort of just claw it back a little bit, everything being a little bit slower and a little bit earlier might just get her connecting those cycles and coming back to three good sleeps. So two good sleeps and a nap in the day. 
This is a question from Stephanie on Facebook Live. Hi, Chris. My two-and-a-half-year-old son is so fussy with his food. He downright refuses to try anything new unless it's with other kids. He always asks for milk. I don't know what to do. He just won't sit down and have a meal, especially breakfast. Wow. Okay. So, (laughs) welcome to the world of toddlers. (laughs) So, I always start this talk with, Your job as a parent is to prepare the meal and put the meal down. Their job as a child is to eat it, but not be forced. So that's the first thing. So when we get a child that's this chaotic, that actually can choose. So when she said, you know, I, if he's with other children, he'll eat. It's a very deliberate behavior. It's not like he's just reduced eating. So the first thing I would do is as a two and a half year old, he shouldn't have big volumes of milk. So milk should be in a cup. It should only be about 50 mils because if he's getting big volumes of milk, he just won't engage the food. So let's check that it's only a little drink of milk he's getting when he asks for it and that he gets it after a meal, not before a meal. So when he gets up in the morning, we're going to start with breakfast. We're not going to give him a drink of milk in maybe a sippy cup before we give him breakfast. Sitting down with him at breakfast time, I know that's a tough one for parents, but it really makes a big difference. And only giving really small amounts of food, not big amounts of food, because you'll get overwhelmed. So we want to see it as a positive thing. But as a two and a half year old, if he was that difficult, I would be cutting the snacks out. And I think even most of the nutritionists would probably say, cut the snacks out. So giving him everything a little bit earlier. So breakfast when he gets up, let's move lunch a little bit earlier. Let's move dinner a little bit earlier and see if we can get him re-engaged in food. And then once you get re-engaged in food, you'll draw the food out and then you'll be able to put little fruit snacks in. So some fresh berries, um, some chopped up veggies, those types of things that, so that, that will help him through the day. So I think this one, you've got to look back, step back, look at what he's eating in the whole day because he could be snacking all day. And then just for a couple of days, really cut that milk down or cut it out and bring the meals forward and sit down with him as much as you can, which is difficult. Well, you know, my update on fussy eating is that my daughter's finally trying new food. Oh. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Stephanie, she's eight. But anyway, we got there eventually. Um, This email comes from Fiona. She says, um, it's with her almost three-year-old. She says, for the last week or so, my little one who sleeps in a big bed has been waking at around 3 a.m. and getting out of bed and putting on his slight in his room as well as in his bathroom, having a drink as we leave a drink bottle in the bathroom, his ensuite, and then getting back into bed. I'm wondering the best way to stop this habit in its tracks. I guess it's my mother's instinct that I hear him and get up and go into his room and switch off the light and resettle. He stopped his day naps a month ago, has quiet time from one till two and goes to bed around seven to seven thirty PM each night up until now. Um, and up until now has been a wonderful sleeper. Any suggestion tips are very welcome. Um, Actually, I think he's quite clever to get up and go into the bathroom and have a drink. And maybe you do have to sort of take a break and give him five, ten minutes to go back to sleep. So that's one thing. I think he's not coming into you to ask for a drink. Uh, The second thing is I'd probably put him down closer to 7.30 and that might help. So maybe if you're putting him down in the 7 to 7.30, 
he's not as tired as he could be. So when he wakes up, he really wakes up overnight and he goes around the bedroom. And the third thing I would do is tell him not to do it. So I think a lot of parents say they don't tell the child what they're expecting of them. So maybe before you put him to bed, say, okay, there's no more drinks. Um, the lights are off. You need to stay in your bed overnight. You'll be amazed at what they can do when, once they've been told what it is that they're doing. So if it's only the fact that it's you know and you get up to settle him, I'd actually hold back and see what he wants and whether he can go back to sleep again. It doesn't matter if he goes back to sleep with the light on. You can go later and turn it off or you can leave it on. But to a certain extent, he's quite clever to get up and go into his, into his ensuite and get himself a drink and then go back. I, I, I think he's quite clever. So... Um, <laughs> I think it, it's, a, it's about how much it disturbs your sleep. So give him a chance, let him go back off to sleep himself. Otherwise, just tell him, okay, there's no more getting up at night. We need to sleep through and put him to bed slightly later. Okay. This one's from Natalia on Facebook Live. She says, my darling son is one on Thursday. Congratulations for making it to one, Natalia. We, he goes to sleep at 9pm and wakes around midnight, wanting to stay on the boob until around 3am. Crikey. Using me as a dummy, how do I get him out of my bed and self-settling? Get your partner to go in. So that's the first thing because you're actually giving him a a different message. So you're saying you start in your bed, you end up in my bed, you're next to me, so you'll feed for three hours. So now that you've decided that this is what you would like to change, it's not working for you as a family, he needs to get the message that he's not getting out of bed. One is a year, so he doesn't need that feed overnight. So let's try, if your partner's available, to start settling him overnight because they react differently when the partner goes in and he's at the age where he can. So once he wakes up, leaving him for a little bit to see if he'll go back to sleep, so not rushing him. And then once um, you get to the point of needing to go into him, maybe your partner can go in, give him a cuddle, rock and pat, put him down, pat, pat, pat. That's going to take a little while because we're really changing a very big behaviour here. Lots of nurturing from the breastfeeding, lots of physical side to side so if we can get your partner to do that for a couple of nights and it will take maybe 40 minutes, maybe 50 minutes to do, I think you'll find you'll start to break that pattern and you'll start sleeping longer and longer before he wakes up. Okay, this question comes from Rebecca on Facebook Live. She says, please help. I have a five-year-old kinder this year, Prep Next. He seems to tantrum on the daily. I find we just end up yelling at each other, me out of frustration, as these tantrums could be something as simple as please get your shoes or let's get ready for a shower. I have suggested to my husband maybe we speak with someone who can help him understand his anger and how to deal with it in another way. My husband is not overly keen on this idea. Is this behaviour normal? Should we just write it out? Do some, do some more time out maybe? Obviously, I would have to stay more calm or should I look into having him speak with someone? Sorry, I should say that I kind of smiled and laughed when you said, is this behaviour normal? <laughs> Only because for it's me, normal. it's completely normal. It's very have, normal. Have, we do get a lot of questions like this, don't we, Chris? Yeah, we do. And I think the first thing is uh, when you have a child that's tantruming a lot, and especially that age group where there might be um, a prep or a kinder every day, they have very big days, you know, and we're rushing them around. So the first thing is I would slow down the transitions. So 
if you want his shoes on, you need to tell him long before he needs the shoes on or you need to go up to him and put his shoes on so that we can just decrease the number of times we get into this confrontational stage. So sometimes it's just easier for us to do it than keep talking to them. The second thing and the main thing is the, um, the level of the uh, tantrums increases with the level of tiredness of the child. So if he's had four big days at daycare and this is the fifth day or five big days at kinder and now we want him to go to soccer at eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday, you can only imagine the size of the tantrum there. So we're rushing them too much. So I think the second thing is to stand back a little and just think about where he's at. You know, if he's had a big time day at daycare or at prep and you've come home and he hasn't had enough downtime and you're trying to rush him into dinner and rush him into the bath, there are going to be a lot of tantrums. So that's the first thing is to stand back, put yourself in his shoes and find out what's going on for him. The second thing is only fight the battles that are worth fighting. So don't fight everything because he's, he's, he's constantly being good at daycare so pick your battles that you're going to follow through with. He may need a consequence. He may need some time out and not everything because otherwise it's too hard. And remember that especially for boys, they need a big long cuddle at the end of the day because they don't communicate very well. Girls will tell you everything that's happened in the day. Who said what to whom, who thought about it. Boys, a little bit more internal. Um, so, you know, that big cuddle at the end of the day might just allow him a bit of space to tell you what's going on for him as well. So it's not as clear as a baby because there's so much more going on in their world. But I personally think when you get a lot of tantrums, it's not about anger. It's about how much they're doing in their day and how, how tired they are in their days uh, that we think they can cope with. Mm. Good luck. And it is just know, Rebecca, that it is entirely normal. Yeah, very normal. Uh, this question comes from Evert. They say, my son is 23 months and he's a very fussy eater. He wants to only eat pureed foods. He has yogurt in the morning when he wakes up. Then he goes to childcare and they tell me he refused to eat all day. Then at home, I try to give him what we have for dinner, for example, pasta or rice, and he refuses. So I end up giving him oats with milk and a yogurt, and that's all he eats. I don't know what to do. Well, that's a fussy eater. Um, personally, and, and you know, I'm sure you've had Dr. Jen Cohen on, um, you know, the parent part. We would, I'm pretty sure and this is a bit uh, 23 months is the more you give him the purees, the more he'll hold out for the purees. But the first thing is we need to make sure that there's nothing else going on for him, that he can't handle those more textured foods. So once you have that checked and he's perfectly okay, for instance, he's perfectly okay at eating the snacks that he wants from you, then I would probably not offer him as many smoothies, uh, smooth foods and start to texture his food up. So when you offer him the food that you're giving him at night that's the same as yours, what happens is I think he knows that if he throws that on the floor, being 23 months, that you'll come back with something that he knows. It's easy for him to eat, such as the yogurts and the oats and, and pureed veggies and stuff like that. So first need to make sure there's nothing going on for him 
that's inhibiting him from eating normally. And second, then you have to deal with the behaviour. And that behaviour is we need to stop giving him what he wants. Now, the only bit about this is what they're doing at daycare, because usually at daycare they wouldn't do that. They just put the meal down and everybody sits there and if you eat it, you eat it, and if you don't eat it, you don't eat it. So I think he's either very stubborn or there really is an issue going on. So I think I'd have him assessed first and then you can deal with the behaviour. And is that, um, Chris, with a dietitian like Dr. Jen Cohen? Or is yeah, so a paediatric dietitian or a speech pathologist could really assess what's going on for him. I mean, and, and, and it's really easy for us just to put him in the, well, he's two and he doesn't eat. But actually, he's not engaging in any other food but smooth food. So we need to make sure, I think, that that isn't the issue. You know, there isn't a gag issue. There isn't an, a chewing issue or a tongue movement issue. And once that's done, then I would just go, okay, mate, I've got that cleared. Now we're not just when I just get rid of the yogurts in the house, then they're not there. And funny enough, he might start eating. But I, I think for this one, I think I'd get him checked first. Okay. We've got time for one last question. This comes from Jasmine on Facebook Live. She says, please help. I have an almost five-month-old baby boy and he won't sleep. He wakes up every hour of every hour all night. He escalates to screaming straight away. He wants to be always held and never wants to sleep in his cot. Right. Well, that... We only have a few minutes, but that's actually quite complex because we need to know how he's fed, how frequently he's fed and how you get him back to sleep at night. But basically with a five-month-old, they need three sleeps in the day. In total, they probably get more like about four hours of sleep in one way or another, um, spaced about, uh, about an hour and three quarters apart. Uh, they get four milk feeds and one meal, roughly, at the minimum. And they probably take, probably they only need one feed overnight, but they might be taking one to two. So the first thing we need to do is to get him to four hours, which would give him two feeds overnight. Uh, the next thing we need to do is work out what his signals are about or what his cues are about going to sleep. So what are we doing? Are we rocking a lot? Are we padding a lot? Are we feeding to sleep? Or are we actually putting him down awake and then trying to help him go to sleep after that? And that would be the first one I'd be using. So I'd be trying to break away those cues of putting him to sleep. I'd put him down awake and then I would help him resettle. So, you know, a very simple version like we've spoken about today is leaving for a few minutes, coming back, starting with padding um, and rocking. And this is going to take a few minutes. So I'd give myself five minutes of doing that. And he's going to get a little bit agitated. And if in five minutes it's, it's not working, then pick him up, give him a cuddle. Try not the rocking and the padding if that's what he has been doing. Just cuddle, calm him, put him back down, continue to pat and rock. So I wouldn't have left after I put him down. I'd just continue to pat and rock. And this could take you 20 to 30 minutes to do. But what you need to see is over the next couple of days that it's starting to get a little bit shorter and a little bit shorter and he's responding to settling. And that should help him extend his sleep at night. All right. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for. Chris, thank you so much for giving all of that. Oh, it's a pleasure. Advice. 
And um, apologies if we didn't get to your question. Normally I would say we will answer it next week, but uh, it's actually a public holiday next week in New South Wales. So we won't be having a live show. Um, however, if you are struggling, I would highly recommend that you head over to the Babyology Sleep School Parent School. We've got a lot of amazing experts there that you can book in uh, for a paid consultation and you get one-on-one -on -one time. Chris is one of our experts, but we have a whole slew of really great people who can help you with everything from breastfeeding to uh, sleep. All of the stuff is there for you. So um, we'll put links in the notes of this episode if you're listening on podcast or in the notes of the Facebook Live if you've joined us on Facebook. Um, thank you, everyone, for your questions, and I'll see you back here soon. See you later, Chris. Bye. Thank you. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.